You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. As we begin our reflection this morning on this uh, portion from the beginning of Mark's gospel, uh, John the Baptist is one of the obviously main characters uh, leading up to the beginning of the ministry of Jesus and one from whom um, we hear at this time of year and we hear that John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance um, for the forgiveness of sins. Mark in his um, wonderful economy states God's hand in all of this. It's almost as if um, John descended from heaven. We hear just simply Mark say John appeared Uh, John appeared um, in the wilderness, God's hand in his life, God's hand in his ministry, God's hand uh, in John going before Jesus. And he calls the people to a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so I thought I would begin um, with a confession, a a rather tame one. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and and confess, but it's about one of the myriad um, parenting fails of Paula and myself um, early on. We still fail regularly, but um, just referring to one of the earlier ones um, this morning. And it was when we lived uh, on Sullivan's Island at the time. We kind of peaked early in life. And uh, we lived on Sullivan's Island. Uh, and one of the things that the, the kids were young at that point, we had this great idea. Um, uh, Paula had this great idea that we should put bunk beds uh, in one of our kids' rooms. Uh, and, and as I say, um, you know, uh, I should have known toddlers and bunk beds don't go well together. And as you might imagine, you sort of see where this is going. And uh, I was at church one day when I received a call uh, from Paula, uh, a frantic call that, that one of the kids had, had launched themselves um, off of uh, the top bunk, uh, a lesson in gravity, um, and uh, they met the hardwood floor. And, and so she called me, I raced home, and uh, we, we put the kids in the car and we raced off um, to the doctor's office, and, and, and y'all know, I mean, anything, anything head-related re- does what? I mean, it just absolutely um, bleeds uh, like crazy, and, and blood was everywhere, and, you know, we were trying to be calm, we were trying to be um, collected, and we were faking it on the outside, but, of course, inside, we were a total um, mess at that point, and I can remember holding my child um, in my arms. Even to this day, I, I, I can remember uh, the the emotions and the feeling. I, I can remember um, the visual. And, and then the doctor said, you know what we're going to do? Um, we're going to put your child uh, in a papoose. Uh, and that just sounded delightful. Um, I mean, what what comforting words. Right? Who doesn't want to hear that? We're going to, and of course, y'all know what a papoose is, right? Uh, a papoose is a lovely semantic way to say straitjacket. Um, so the, my child was placed um, in a, in a straitjacket as I held them um, in my arms. And sort of you remember as well, uh, the, the, those of you who've been stitched up before, um, what is the worst part of stitches? The shots. Uh, it's, it's the shots. And, and this doctor was being very thorough. Um, and there were a lot of shots uh, going in before the stitches um, ever began. And I, and I share that story with you as we begin this morning because it was one of the moments, as I mentioned, I certainly remember to this day. But the, the humanity, we have our moments, um, absolutely. But, but in many ways, we are selfish, uh, self-centered, self 
focused, uh, but I remember that as, as, as self-focused and self-centered um, as I am, it was one of those moments where if I could have, I, I would have gladly, willingly um, traded places with my child, uh, as I say. It was one of those moments, you know, if, uh, and, and that's, a, I would imagine that is a feeling, an emotion that all of you can relate to. It's not, it's not unique, unique to me, and it's not unique to the parent and child relationship. It certainly um, is in that, our, our desire to shield them, our desire um, to protect them, our desire um, to care for them, even as we know that what we're able to do is limited. It's certainly important, it's certainly significant, and yet that ability to shield and protect them is, is limited. But again, it's not limited to a parent-child relationship. Uh, you've experienced this likely yourself, whether it be with a spouse, whether it be with a family member, whether it be with a friend, or, or just some situation um, that you see and you think, gosh, I, I, I wish um, I could heal that situation. I wish I could extricate them um, from that particular challenge. I, I wish um, I could trade places with them. And I begin with that story, and, and, and may I say, um, my, my children's discernment has grown um, over the years. It's, it's, it's gotten better, um, thanks be to God. Uh, but the reason I share all that with you is because one of the things that we see happening this morning is that John is calling the people um, into the wilderness for a baptism for repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And we see that Jesus um, goes out to John in the wilderness and Jesus receives the baptism of John. And Jesus receives the baptism not because of need. Uh, it isn't the need for forgiveness um, which Jesus has. Uh, Jesus goes um, into the wilderness, receives the baptism of John in order to identify with you and with me. It is uh, at the beginning of his saving work for you and for me, God's loving and gracious and willing um, intervention into our lives. Jesus uh, receives um, the baptism in order that he might identify um, with you and with me, and that he might um, ultimately, as we make our way through the gospel, see the way in which um, he will provide um, for the forgiveness of our sins. He will provide um, for our reconciliation. He will provide um, for our security um, by what he accomplishes. And we see Jesus, uh, we see God coming into the world in a way which is loving, uh, in a way which is gracious, but also in a way which is vulnerable. Uh, and if you um, are, are, are watching the news, and I don't know that I would recommend it, but if you're watching the news now, you, you'll know that vulnerability is not particularly in fashion right now, um, nor is communication. Um, both of those seem to have gone um, out the window. We're, we're living in, in such a divided uh, and distrustful um, time. Uh, it, it, in, in a moment, I, I read uh, an article recently, and um, I thought the author had a wonderful summation. And granted, it's complicated. Um, there's more levels to all of this, uh, I realize. But the author wrote this, there are now two popular factions who hate each other and wish for the other's total destruction. Trump and Biden are just the avatars in wrinkled flesh of the two opposing popular wills. Uh, 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 interesting, uh, interesting thought there. And as I say all of that, I, I don't 
make light of the significance of the moment. I don't make light of uh, the importance of our engagement, uh, the importance of our um, involvement. The, these things matter, um, and they matter um, tremendously. Uh, and yet, um, what we need um, right now, uh, what you and I need, uh, we, we need Christians. Uh, we need people who are drawn to um, the voice of Jesus, um, people um, who are willing um, to be drawn um, out into the wilderness, uh, the place where we are uncomfortable because it is in that place that God does uh, his marvelous work. Uh, the wilderness uh, in which we find John this morning would be particularly resonant um, to the people of Israel, to the people of that time. Of course, the wilderness is the place where God led his people out of bondage in Egypt, and he worked to shape and form and fashion them as his own. Um, the wilderness, the, the, the prophets um, went out into the wilderness to proclaim the word of God to the people, to call them uh, to call them to God. Uh, the River Jordan was the place through which the people of Israel passed uh, after their time of wandering into the Promised Land. Uh, all of this um, imagery is so significant and so resonant um, for the people. But amazingly, one of the things that we see as we hear this is that um, all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem um, were going out to John and were being baptized by him in the River Jordan, um, confessing their sins. It's significant um, that they're going out um, into the wilderness. There is, there's an effort uh, involved. Uh, there is a, a willingness. They, they didn't just um, stumble um, upon John. We hear that all were going out to him. Uh, clearly, uh, a work of the Spirit softening the hearts of the people, drawing the people out um, to John. It wasn't like they would just sort of pass by John on the way to dinner with friends. Um, it was a specific um, willingness, and we hear that all Judea and all Jerusalem, not just some of the people, um, but all of the people across the board um, were going out. There is uh, seemingly in them a recognition of their need. There is a recognition of their need. And I would say in many ways, that's one of the first things for you and for me in our lives, uh, for you and for me in coming to a place of life and coming to a place uh, of freedom and coming to a place of purpose. All those different things that we long for is the recognition um, of our need of God, uh, that recognition uh, and being drawn um, to God and God beginning to do the work uh, in yours and my life. And we see the people are drawn out and they go out um, to John the Baptist because they recognize um, their need. And as I mentioned, uh, we see the people going out and we see Jesus um, coming out to John. And, and an amazing thing happens, of course, as we hear Jesus being baptized by John. What we're told, uh, not only in the Gospel of Mark, but also we hear this in Matthew and Luke as well. And they, um, they add some to the story. When Jesus uh, is baptized by John, when he came up out of the water, we read that immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. The heavens um, didn't part. Uh, the heavens didn't open. We hear that the heavens were torn open. There is a decisiveness um, to that particular word which is used and chosen. There is a significance to it. And, and actually, interestingly, uh, in Mark's gospel, that particular word referring to um, the heavens being torn open um, occurs in two places. It occurs here uh, in this portion from the first chapter, 
and it appears again in Jesus's crucifixion. We read that as Jesus um, and, and the baptism of Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, all of these um, tie in together the means by which God comes to identify with you and with me, the means by which God comes to take our flesh and our frailty upon himself, the means by which he's come that we might ultimately be people who are delivered, people who are restored. When Jesus breathes his last, um, we read in the 15th chapter of Mark's gospel, when Jesus um, breathes his last, um, when it is finished, we hear that the curtain of the temple was torn in two, uh, this uh, same uh, decisive work of God, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and it is an additional significant uh, thing. Uh, it is torn in two from top to bottom. It is torn in two from top to bottom, not from bottom to top, from top to bottom to show who was the one that uh, rent uh, the curtain of the temple, who was the one um, that tore it in two, the, the curtain of the temple which separated the people of God from the presence of God. Uh, the heavens um, are torn open with the baptism of Jesus. The word of God comes to Jesus. This is my son, uh, my beloved. Uh, and in Jesus's crucifixion and his willing offering for you and for me, the curtain of the temple is torn in two. And we hear the words of the centurion who is watching. Surely um, this man was the son of God. So as we think about uh, this, this call to repentance. As we think about being called out um, into the wilderness, it, it, it's important to sort of briefly to flesh out um, what is meant by repentance, what that word means. And you, know, you may be familiar, what the word means is to, uh, is to change um, one's mind. Repent means to, to change uh, one's mind, to change one's mind um, about, and that's certainly uh, to change our minds about um, our need and to change our minds about the nature and the character of God. But one of the things that's noted in, in the ministry and in the preaching of John, that, that, that change, yes, is something which is mental, but it's much more than that as well. It's something that lays claim um, on the entirety of our life, uh, on all um, the facets of our life. Yes, um, upon our minds, but upon our wills, upon um, our actions, there is this call um, to repentance, but, but may I say, as, as God calls us to repentance, uh, it's, it's actually a gracious gift given to you and to me. Uh, because what he invites us to in repentance uh, is, is life, uh, is, is the power um, of his grace shaping and fashioning us. Because as the wilderness is a place of repentance, it's also very clearly and unmistakably a place of God's grace, a place where God shows his provision for you and for me and as God shapes and fashions and prunes us, he does so in order that more life might flow into us. Jesus says very specifically, I've come that you might have life and have it in the fullest. Uh, and the way in which we're called out by John the Baptist, the way in which we're called out by God is entirely different uh, than the way that we typically call one another out. Uh, what I, let me ask you this question. Um, if someone says to you, you never or you always, how do you respond? You never, or, 
Anybody that's ever been in a relationship has said, you never knew it. A completely unproductive um, comment, um, by the way, because immediately when we hear you never, you always are, our immediate response is one of defensiveness. Uh, we, we want to um, defend ourselves. We, we, we want to, um, we, we withdraw. It, it pushes us uh, away from one another. But what we see, uh, the way in which John is speaking is, is true. Um, and it's honest, and yet we see there's a winsomeness that draws um, the people out because they recognize their need and they recognize the intent of his words. And the intent is um, for freedom. The intent is so that we might come to God because the wilderness is not something that we ask for, but if we're honest about it, the wilderness just isn't a place um, out there. The, The wilderness is in our hearts and in our lives. We can be sitting here this morning we can be sitting comfortably um, in our living room, wherever we are, and, and, and feel um, that void uh, and feel um, that need and, and long uh, for something greater than ourselves to move into that. And what John the Baptist invites the people to is the recognition of that uh, and to begin to make their way toward a God who we find has already made his way to us and makes his way to us in Jesus, who's not waiting for you and for me to come to our senses not waiting for us to get our act together. We see that he comes wonderfully, graciously, vulnerably to seek you and to seek me. I want to close um, today um, with a quote, because as I mentioned, that particular word, the heavens being torn open that begins uh, the gospel of Mark also arrives at the end uh, of Mark's gospel as Jesus uh, is crucified. And of course, uh, after that, we read of how Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, go to the tomb uh, to look for Jesus' body, to pay their respects, to anoint um, his body for burial. And you remember as they arrive at the tomb, the stone um, is rolled away, not for Jesus' benefit, for theirs, um, for ours, that they may see the reality that he's not there, um, but that he is risen. And when they enter into the tomb, uh, perhaps you remember the messenger speaks to them and says he's not here. Uh, He is risen, as he told you, and he's gone um, before you um, into Galilee. And James Edwards has a beautiful commentary on Mark's gospel, and and Edwards um, writes this about that particular moment, and I share it with you because as we think about all that I I guess I've hopefully attempted to express this morning, um, this Uh, the necessity of our being drawn um, to God in repentance, but also to see the reality of the character of the one to whom we're drawn, who, as I mentioned, uh, seeks us. Uh, And his character is one which desires um, to give us life. His character is a gracious um, character. And we hear this in Edward's wonderful commentary. The angel's final word to the women is, Tell Jesus' disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. This announcement is a remarkable word of grace and encouragement. The flight of the disciples, even Peter's pitiful denial, have not been the last word. The last word belongs to the risen Lord. I am going before you. The first act of Jesus' ministry was the calling of four fishermen into community with themselves. And the first word of the resurrected Jesus is the reconvening of the same community of disciples. The announcement of the angel is not one of deserved blame, but a promise of gathering and going before them. God completes his plans for the church despite human failure. 
If the word of grace from the resurrected Lord includes a traitor like Peter, readers of the gospel may be assured that it includes those of their community um, who have also failed Christ. That wonderful word, rather than a word uh, of deserved rebuke, uh, we receive a word of grace. We receive a word of restoration. Uh, We receive uh, a word of life. There are so many voices um, calling um, to you and to me now, calling um, for our allegiance, calling um, for us to follow them. And I pray that in the midst of all the cacophony that we would hear the voice of John the Baptist uh, calling us um, to Jesus and that ultimately we would hear um, the call of Jesus who comes to us that we might have life, uh, who willingly lays down his life for you and for me uh, that the sinfulness and brokenness of this world, the sinfulness and brokenness of you and me might be healed, uh, might be restored, that we might be reconciled with him and find in him and listening to his voice and walking with him uh, the security and the life which we long for. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Most gracious and ever-living God, uh, I give you thanks and praise that we don't have the final word, that you speak the final word in Jesus, your son, and your cross and your resurrection. You speak a greater gathering final word. By the work of your spirit, I pray that you would draw our hearts uh, and our minds to you, that we might listen um, to your voice, that we might find in you the peace and salvation, uh, and not simply in and of ourselves, but that it would so fully and freely, freely flow into us that it flows out of us to others as well. This we ask, this we offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.